how many of you know that God's doing some things in this hour and this time that we're living in? How many of you realize that it can seem real hazy and really foggy out there at times when it comes to just seeing God move and, and just everything that's going on in life? Can you turn me down just a little bit, bro? Right? It just seems like, God, where are you at in the midst of everything that's going on? But God's moving, Amen. I said, God is moving and God is revealing himself and God is so desiring for us to be hungry for him. You know, in the last several weeks, uh, we've been talking about prayer. And I want to shift a little bit, but this really has to do with just the presence of God and the hunger for God because you realize that if you're hungry for God, you'll want to pray. And prayer, like we said, is just simply talking with God where you just want to be with him can you remember those times where you just wanted to be with that significant other and you just wanted to be in their presence right and and not to paint graphic pictures but there was even those times where you lusted after that person you just wanted to be with them you just craved their presence and their attention right God wants us to be that way with him where we're so hungry for him that we just so desire to want to be with him. And I can remember there was just days when I was in Bible college to where you just could not wait to go to school. You could not wait to go to prayer and healing school. You couldn't wait to just spend time with your friends in prayer because God was so real. And God just wants to be that way to us, to where we're hungry for him, to where we just can't wait to spend time with him. And as I said, if we'll purpose, just come together and be hungry. And you may say, I don't even know what it is to be hungry. Then just purpose to say, God, I'm hungry for you. Don't know what that means, but God, I'm hungry and I want to be hungry. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And you'll begin to see that manifest in your life. You might begin to think, feel things on the inside scratching like, man, I just want to be with God. What is that? That is just the desire of God wanting to be with you. <clears throat> God just so desires to spend time with us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. be honest with you you know just as I'm ministering say what's going on I don't know other than you start talking about being hungry for God in your spirit starts being hungry for God because he just so desires to be with us amen the Bible says that when Jesus comes he's coming for a glorious church one without spot or one without wrinkle. To come for a church that's without spot or wrinkle, I don't believe he means a perfect church because obviously we're not perfect. I'm the poster child of being the most unperfect kid of God, man. But he's coming back for the genuine church, the church that has a heart for God. 
And he says, I'm coming back for a glorious church. And what I really believe that means is that he's coming back for a church that's full of his glory. And we've talked about this before in times past, just in our encounter nights. But like I said, I believe it really is some shifts and some things that God is doing so that we're hungry for him and that the church that he desires is what we become. And that's a church that's full of his glory or full of his presence. And really, that's what the glory of God is defined as, is the manifested presence of God. One translation is heavy or weightiness of God. And just as I was talking about his presence and his heart and his love for us, that's exactly what I felt, just the presence of God, the weightiness of God. And it's interesting how you respond to that presence, right? You know what I'm talking about? You've, you've been there. You've experienced it. You may not have known how to express it or to label it, but you've been at home and just all of a sudden God shows up and you just start crying or, you know, you're in your car, you start laughing or whatever. It's just God shows up. And that's what God is looking for, a church that is hungry and full of his presence. And that's what's going to change people's lives, right? He's coming back, like I said, not for a perfect church, but one that is full of his love, full of his presence. You know, I believe that just in the time that we're living in, in I would believe that probably every individual, that if you've been in church for any length of time or if you've been kind of accustomed to church, you can look around and you can say, church seems like it's just a little bit of a stale place to be. I don't necessarily mean this place. I'm just talking as a whole. Maybe you feel like that in your own personal walk with God. It's just stale. It's just stagnant. It's just still. There's no real life. And I believe that God is wanting to change that, don't you? I believe that God is wanting to become so real that people can't wait to get back to church. But I almost believe that we're at a place within the local church that if God showed up, really showed up, people wouldn't know it. Did you hear me? I said if God really showed up and was moving in the midst of the local church, people wouldn't know it. Or if he did show up, they would be so freaked out and so scared because like, dear God, we've never seen that before. You know what I mean? But that's the kind of God. He wants to be real. And, and if I get to my notes tonight in, in some areas, we're going to look at just how God revealed himself to his people. And God has never stopped being the God that he ever was. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God that wanted to reveal himself to man in the Old Testament and in the beginning of the New Testament church is the same God that wants to reveal himself in this day and this hour to his present day church, which is you. He wants to reveal himself and become known to you so that when people see you, they come in contact with the known God of who you serve. Amen? But just as I was sharing that story about the feeding of the 5,000, whenever it seems as though God shows up and begins to move within his church, he does it in the midst of people. Because all of a sudden, the waters start getting troubled and people start getting antsy and start paying attention to what's going on. You remember the story where Jesus uh, ministered to the man at the pool of Bethesda? They were hanging around the pool of, uh, 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 what's it called? Well, the pool, I can't remember. Bethesda, pool of Bethesda, thank you. The pool of Bethesda. 
And it says that there was a multitude gathered around the water because every day the angel would come and trouble the water or stir the water and the first one that got into the pool got healed, right? So whenever there's a stirring and whenever there's a moving, there is a congregation of people that will come because they want it. They want in, right? And so whenever I began to just, I was just thinking of my own personal life and how God began to get a hold of me, it really... It goes beyond me. Hmm. I remember a mom that would take me to the Bible studies and the prayer meetings. And us kids would be over in the other room, but we would hear the moms and the dads in the other room praying. I think she got saved in 1975, so I'd have been five years old. So around five years old was when I started getting exposed to the presence of God. Not knowing what it was, but I began to see people that were hungry for God. And just craved to be together because they wanted to be in the presence of God. And they wanted to pray and they wanted to see God moved. And they wanted to see family saved. And they wanted to see God show up. But as a little boy, I got exposed and changed by God because people got together. You following me? And it wasn't a big Bible study, but because people got together, I began to get exposed to that and have a heart toward the things of God, and I didn't even know that I did. I can remember when the little church that we went to, there was... A thing called Bible quizzing. Some of you have done Bible quizzing in your past churches. So I got into Bible quizzing, and then the competitive nature in me just wanted to be the best. And then I had a mom that was a drill sergeant and said, if you're going to do it, you're going to be the best. And so we worked real hard, and I ended up being the best. I ended up taking the top, I was the top Bible quizzer in the state of Michigan. But in the midst of that, there was a group of kids that got together and began to learn the Word of God. And begin to compete against other kids concerning the word of God. And so the Bible says that the word of God is seed or it's the seed of God's word or it's the incorruptible seed. And so again, at a very young age in elementary school, the word of God was being engrafted and planted into my heart. And just began to have a hunger for the things of God and didn't necessarily know what that was. And, And I happened to be friends with the the pastor's son and I got to see the pastor's family and got to see just that side of ministry. And God just began to cultivate some things in my heart. And then I got into high school. And as I said, it seems as though when God begins to do things, he wants to do things in the midst of a group of people. But did you ever notice that whenever you got yourself in a position where you were going toward God or away from God, many of the times it was because you got involved with people. Either the right people or the wrong people, right? And so, as I got a little bit older into high school, I started getting around groups of people. And they were groups of people that weren't necessarily following God. Necessarily, they weren't following God at all. (laughs) And so, I started going a different direction. All the while, I still had a sincere heart towards God and still loved God and still wanted to know God. And then I remember there was the youth pastor that came along 
and just took a liking to me and saw the call of God in my life. And I think I remember telling you guys a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was that coming home, you know, and having my youth pastor and his wife and my parents praying downstairs for me as I come in with a buzz and trying to sneak upstairs so that I don't get caught. A group of people got together to pray for me and it impacted my life. And as I said, I'm still running from God. I'm still kind of running one foot in the world, one foot in the church. But then the youth pastor at the time, he says, hey, he says, how many of you would just like to, to just do this club thing where you just got to be dedicated to read and pray and study and memorize? And it's very, uh, it's very regimented. And there was probably a dozen of us that started out and it ended up with just two of us, me and another girl. But I can remember being in those settings where you were just hungry for God. And there was times that you came and you knew you didn't do what you're supposed to do and you felt like you was a failure. But you came and you were restored and you were built up and you left being hungry again because you wanted just to please God and you wanted to know God. And then obviously, you know, you start getting with the other crowds and again, with the girls or the boys, whoever, depending, you know, what I'm saying, the opposite sex, you know, if it was the boy for you or the girl for you. You get around those and you get going down the wrong way. And then all of a sudden I ran in, into a high school buddy of mine. In fact, Jody will probably remember him. But it was a guy by the name of Brian Spooner. And I could not stand this kid in high school. He was a little squirrely, skinny twerp of a big mouth kid. And I just could not stand him, never liked him a bit. Didn't know him, but I just didn't like him because he was that big mouth, squirrely little, just didn't like him. And after high school, I was early 20s, maybe 20, 21. He got into this thing called Amway. And some of you might know what Amway is. And he says, hey, would you like to do Amway? And so he kind of showed me the thing. I'm like, hey, you know what? I think I can, I can do that. But little did I know that he was a believer. You wouldn't have known that in high school. In fact, you wouldn't have known that for me in high school either. But he was a believer, and he was a youth pastor, and he's actually the descendants of many pastors ahead of him. And a great relationship and friendship got established, and we just started getting hungry for God together. And we started doing this Amway stuff, traveling all over the country, Driving here and there, midnight hours, having to be the work in the next morning, being just exhausted. But all the while that we're driving and develop a relationship, God's doing something in our lives and getting me hungry for God. It just turning some things in my heart just through people getting together. And it seemed as although the, all the Amway people that we got together with were believers and some of our doctors and lawyers and professional people, but they were all believers. And I'm like, dear God, this is awesome. But just people hungry for God. But then I think I started running with another girl that wasn't right and got off track again. And then all of a sudden I heard about this little thing called the coffee house in Clio. In fact, Sim Climb, you don't know if you remember Sim and Matt, uh, Matt no, not Matt, uh, Brent Armour. And... They were just hungry for God, and there was a group of young people that were getting together, and God was moving. And I can remember getting there, and there was times that I just felt so guilty because of just knowing that I was 
going places and doing things and hanging out with people that I shouldn't, dating girls that I shouldn't. But I got there and the presence of God just began to convict me because of the spirit of God was so heavy. The glory and the presence of God was so strong. And I just wanted to know God. I was hungry for him because I was around those people. And there was awesome things that took place. I mean, there was just miracles and there was signs and wonders that took place. And, and there was a whole lot of weirdness as well. But you know, I'd like to have some wildfire than no fire at all. Did you hear me? I said, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. I'd rather have people that are just hungry for God and willing to step out and miss it rather than just sitting back and being frumpy and being just a big bump on a log and saying, well, praise the Lord, I'll be religious, right? And so again, I got around those people, a group of people where God was moving and it impacted me. What am I talking about? I'm talking about God's wanting to move and God's wanting to change your life. God's wanting to use you as a catalyst for what he's wanting to do here. And if we'll purpose to commit and say, God, I'm going to go after you. Watch what happens. Watch what God does. For those of you that have spouses that you're thinking, God, it's been so hard just serving you and following you by myself. Hide and watch and see God do something in their, in their life. You don't have to do it. You don't have to try to make it happen. Just caught, catch on fire and people will come and watch you burn. Amen? Just let God start moving in your life and let God begin to work in those that see what God's doing and they'll get hungry. Come on, have you ever been... been you know, I don't like peanut butter. But you know what? There's times when I'm hungry and my kids will start eating that peanut butter, whatever they're eating, the peanut butter snack, and I'm like, that looks good. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't really like peanut butter cookies, but if it's the only thing around, I'm going to eat a peanut butter cookie because you know what? I like just the sweetness and the, more than I don't like the peanut butter. What am I saying? If your purpose to get hungry for God, people will come because of your hunger. People will want what you want. People will want to be around you, come to your church because of the hunger and the presence of God that is in your life. Right? The Bible says that sinners flock to Jesus. How many sinners are flocking to you? Now, I'm talking about doing the things that sinners do, and so they like hanging with you because when they get around you, you do what they do anyways. I'm talking about you being on fire for God and the sinner that don't know God that has been out doing drugs the night before comes to you and says, man, I just want to be free. And you are free. Can you help me become free? That's what I'm talking about. God's wanting us to be hungry. I talked about meeting the friend from high school and God just began to turn my life. Then I happened to start working for the Bertrand Malls. Anybody know what I'm talking about, Bertrand Malls? What time is it? <laughs> I started working at the Bertrand Mall. And I was dating a girl that was there at the mall. And so the maintenance guys that were there knew of me because I was there. And obviously because she was there and I was there, I always eyeballed them like, you make sure you don't go by my girlfriend, you know. So they were well, well aware of me just because of my attitude. And I was, you know, staking my claim. And so they were aware of me. And so I put in an application because I found out one guy got fired. And so I'm coming to work for this mall now, the, the supervision. And the one guy is like, I don't like him because I've already got wind of him. 
And so this was kind of the environment that I was walking into where he already kind of had this chip on his shoulder toward me. But little did I know that his upbringing was knowing God and knowing church. And it started out where he and I were doing some things that we ought not be doing together. But God began to cultivate the relationship together and in our hearts. And before it was all done, before I left working at the mall, I was heading off to Bible college and so was he. Come on, man. God will use a group of people to turn people's lives around. He needs relationships to be able to impact people's lives. We went the same year. He helped me go to Oklahoma and I helped him go to Missouri. God began to do some things. Amen. Well, before I actually went to Bible college, there was a girl that I was dating. And this is how this all kind of got worked around. Started dating her. Wasn't the right girl. But how many of you know that God can turn bad situations and make them good if your heart is tender towards God? And so I was dating this girl that I shouldn't have been dating, but her stepdad had a heart for God. And her stepdad was actually going to Bible school. And then he hired me to renovate his house, and he and I started working together. And all of a sudden, all we're doing all day long is talking about God when we're working. Man, we're getting stirred up. And then he'll come home and he says, oh, man, you got to listen to these tapes. And we start listening to the tapes. And it's just the preaching and the teaching of the word. And, man, we'll be working. And before you know it, we're talking about God and we're just worshiping God. And, oh, man, it was just a great time. And here this is the, the, the stepfather of the girl that I was dating. And then we stopped dating. And then once we stopped dating, he and I kept hanging out. And I kept working with him. And I just kept getting hungry for God. And then he invited me over to his girlfriend's house that actually went to Rainbow Bible College. And he says, hey, why don't you come on over for dinner? In fact, she got her graduation uh, videotape from her commander. Why don't you come and just watch the commencements, hang out with us, have dinner together. And like I said, this is my ex-girlfriend's stepfather. And so we're sitting there watching the commencement ceremony of her graduation. They get up and they go in the kitchen and I'm sitting there watching their graduation ceremony. And the man is giving the commencement ceremony speech for her graduation. And I'm in the living room just weeping. <laughs> just hungry for God. I said, God, I want you. And I just got hired for GM. I drove in and I saw the building. I said, God, I don't want to do this for 30 years. But it takes people connecting with people. And that's when God begins to do miracles to change people's lives. Are you hearing me? God wants to manifest himself. And be real. What's he doing here tonight? Well, he's just being real to me. You just start talking about him. And he just starts moving. He just starts loving on you. You say, why are you crying? Is it because of God's faithfulness? Because he's so good? Amen? Well, might as well just finish with this story. <laughs> And then we'll wrap it up. I didn't get into my notes, but my notes, what I wanted to begin to talk about tonight was the presence of God.
do you remember Stephen? The Bible says that Stephen was one of the first preachers at the launching of the New Testament church. But the Bible says that they didn't like what he was teaching. And so they began to persecute him, and they said, let's stone him. And they actually did. They killed him, right? But it says this in Acts chapter 7, verse 55. It says, but he, speaking of Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Did you notice that the Bible says that he was being persecuted and he was being stoned to death? Is the church under persecution today? Absolutely. It is under greater persecution than it has ever been in the history of the church. But we see time and time again when the persecution, the Bible even says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that God raises up a standard against him. And so when Stephen was being persecuted, he lifted up his eyes and he saw the glory or the presence of God and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. I thought Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father. Well, when you're getting persecuted by the enemy, I believe it gets Jesus' attention. And he says, well, let me just stand up because I'm getting ready to reveal my glory right now. They're needing some help right now. They're needing my presence right now. They're needing my power right now. And Jesus stands up and says, man, I might just get down there in a fight with them. If I have to get off this throne, I'll come down there with them. And what's he do? He sends his presence. He sends his power. He sends his glory. And every time we see in the scripture talking about God's glory or his presence, it says they were able to see. In other words, God wants to reveal himself. It's not just this, well, bless the Lord, I guess we'll just fake it until we make it and get to heaven. No, God wants to be real. And once again, I'll show you time and time again where there's persecution, where God's glory showed up and manifested, and everybody saw the presence of God. And people's lives were changed. Amen? So as I said, just kind of wrapping this up. Looking back on my life, just seeing how it started with a group of people getting together. A mom that found Jesus and started to get together with a group of people. That it actually led me to Bible college. And I can remember when there, that I was at Bible college... I mean, it, if I go back to college, Bible college, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Because it was just, other than my wife and my kids, and obviously, again, just the joys of a church. But in those times, it was the most inter, uninterrupted time with God. Because that's all I was there for. I didn't have to be a husband. I didn't have to be a father. I didn't have to be a preacher. All I had to do was go to Bible school and just be, be in the presence of God. And so when it came to going to school... I was hungry. When it came to prayer and healing school, I'm telling you what, we could not wait to get there. We were just so hungry. I met with a group of guys on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was a group of about uh, eight guys, and we just prayed. And I, I would be looking at my watch thinking, that it's almost time to go pray with the guys. It's almost time. That was my date night to go hang out with God. And I couldn't wait. It was a group of guys that came together. 
Remember I told you this this past Sunday that a friend from Texas called me and says, hey, I was watching the Roku TV channel and I saw you preaching on Roku. That was one of the guys that I was in a prayer group with. And I haven't talked to him since then, but he says, hey, I just wanted to reach out. And he's a preacher today too. I'm telling you what, if we'll come together and just stir up the hunger, we will see God move. Amen. When you get pregnant with something, when you get pregnant with God's heart on the inside, you'll get hungry. Got a pregnant mom right over here. And if you've ever been around a pregnant woman, there's some times where there's some crazy cravings that hit you, right? Right? And you're like, I'm hungry and I'm hungry now because she's pregnant. When you get pregnant with something that God puts in your heart, just his love his faithfulness, his heart for you, you will get hungry for him. And you'll just want to be with him. Amen? Why don't we stand? Amen. Did you get anything out of tonight? <laughs> Praise God. Let's just bow our head and, and I'll just pray as we dismiss father in the name of Jesus I thank you for the shift that's taking place here at GBC God I thank you that the distractions and the things that have so easily caused us to stumble and just get us off course God those things are being revealed but in the name of Jesus, we command those things to be broken. Not bound to addictions or habits. Not bound to simply bad personal habits. That just cause us to be unproductive. Things of physical nature, of sickness and ailment. In Jesus' name. We come against you in the mighty name of Jesus and in the blood of the Lamb. We command you to no longer have root and no longer have a grip on our lives, our bodies, or our minds. In fact, in the name of Jesus, I speak to everyone in this place, those that would call this place home. I command you in the name of Jesus, flu, colds, pneumonia, you will not have your way in this church. You will not plague this church. For we're free. We're bought by the blood of the Lamb. And therefore we're the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. So I thank you that we have strong immune systems. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, it doesn't touch our homes and our children. Because of the glory of God. Because of the presence of God. And because of that presence, sickness, infirmity, and disease cannot enter our homes, our lives, because of the power of God. God, I thank you that we're hungry. Every area of this ministry is stepping up. The worship is stepping up to a higher place. A higher place of anointing. A higher place in the realm of the Spirit knowing your leading and direction. God, I thank you that our children's ministry is expanding and overflowing with the presence and the power of God where our children are hungry, hungry for God. 
and that Lord we stand back in amazement of just what you're doing in their little lives God I thank you that you're casting the net and I thank you from here on forward in 2016 many hearts and many lives will be saved we thank you that we're stealing them and snatching them from the kingdom of hell many saved many saved in Jesus name many filled with the Holy Spirit all the thanks and all the praise and everyone said amen amen well god bless you